So you tried to break up with her and she said no? She said no. What did you do? What could I do? We fooled around and went to a movie. Both parties don't have to consent to a breakup. It's not like you're launching missiles from a submarine and you both have to turn your keys. Obviously, you didn't make a convincing case. Let me hear your arguments. Well, I don't really like her. That's good. I don't find her attractive. Solid. I'd like to sleep with a lot of other women. Always popular. Sometimes at restaurants, she talks to her food. Oh, Mr. Mashed Potatoes, you're so good. You have an airtight case. And in bed. I'm afraid we're out of time. July 6, 2014. Hello, hello, happy July, here we are. Oh my, yes, here we are. Hello. What the hell? What is that? <laughs> you don't even know what that was. I must have been thinking of Sir Pat Stew. What? I'm sure Patrick Stewart says, oh my, yes, a lot. Right. Like when he greets people. Listen, there's only one of us that does crazy voices around here, see? And that that's wasn't not even a crazy voice. It was a little bit. No. It was a little sex bot-ish. Whoa. A little bit. Now I'm thinking of Patrick Stewart as a sex bot. <laughs> oh. That's really wrong. What have we done to I'm these sorry, people? I'm sorry, Sir Patrick. Oh, that's wrong. You're saying it. he's not? He's not attractive? I'm apologizing to him for being crude. Because I'm sure he listens to this show. <laughs> If he does, I'm sorry. For implying... Look, I can't take the chance. Oh, okay. If he hears this. <laughs> if he God. hears this, we're all doomed. I love you forever, in case you're listening. <laughs> oh, in case... Well, if we're just going to cover our bases, I mean... <laughs> Natalie Portman, if you're out there, and you're listening, <laughs> you're all right. Don't forget Charlize. <laughs> oh, Charlize. Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on. <laughs> so hi everyone oh uh susan i i like susan oh at least number four <laughs> mm. excuse me mm. yes excuse you oh, indeed Tina, someone's gonna fall off Amy the bed pretty and soon mindy and uh you know it's uh there's a lot of i got mindy i got a list yeah who the hell's mindy mindy kaling do i have a thing for her a little bit oh my god i didn't even know She's hilarious Wait, and smart. How am I finding out about this on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know how you don't know. You never told me this. Okay. I just wow. All right. A I did. I okay. Smart, funny ladies. She she I is. dig. Yes. I just am surprised. I did not know. I'm not saying she's not attractive. I think her outfit choices are a little questionable sometimes, but that's not attractive. her doing. She there's a costumer on her show. I think she has some say. Okay, it's her show. Mindy, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> Pay no attention to the Susan behind the curtain. Why don't we get to our dudes? I want to keep you behind a curtain now. No, just, no, mm. you're gonna just stop. Where's your a, post-it? A Come soundproof where's, curtain. Hey, where's your post-it? Come on. I don't have a post-it. <gasps> Holy, what? It's all in here. Ah, I can't read stuff off it to hilarious effect because I can't even read your writing. Whatever. Your shirt says mac and cheese. There I read something. Okay. What? What is going on? <laughs> okay. What news will you share? I'm going to share the news that we will soon, probably not too long after this episode goes up, be running our semi-annual fund drive. Oh, yes. 
Because it's about that time we pay for sound effects. Yes, our sound effects subscriptions come and do, and so that's about the time we'll round up things with the the fun drive. And... Are we gonna do a thingy again? What? Did we do a picture, or did we tell people like how close we were to the goal? No. Okay. Well, we should. Okay. The SoundSnap account is $250. Yep. And we pay that every year. Right. And that covers all the sound effects for all pen and shows. For every a year. single one of them. But then there's also web hosting and stuff, so, you know, it's a little right. more than but that. But the 250 but... is kind of the most important thing because well, we pay a lot of money right away. Amount, but in any case, so, that will be coming soon. You can check pendantaudio.com for news on that of course it will be going up and we'll post to our social media accounts and our mailing list and everything once that is up and ready so that's coming soon want to let you know yes and the other thing the only other thing really for news items this week that i want to mention we've mentioned before and i want to mention again phantom canyon needs your reviews need your reviews people yes need them Especially on Audible, if you have an Audible membership and have gotten the episode from there, please leave us a rating and a review if you can, if you would be so inclined. Um, Amazon and iTunes ones are great for us too, and also Goodreads is also good. Uh, It's less important than the other ones where you can actually buy the episode, so Amazon and iTunes and Audible are are the big ones, but Goodreads is also great. If you could leave us a review on any or more than one of those, that would be awesome. We need your help. And I can talk a little bit about Audible. I think that would be good. Like, if, what you, about if you haven't signed up for Audible before, just so you know, like, if if you sign up for Audible and then get Phantom Canyon as your first purchase, you we get... We get a big bonus. We get, like, a bonus. Yeah. So, if you've been thinking about doing Audible, and if you have questions about it, too, you can ask me, because I personally have signed up for Audible and started using it, and I understand how it works. But in order to get the bonus, like, you have to stay an Audible member for, like, two months, I think it is. 61 days. Yes. Okay. So, but here's the thing about Audible, and I'm going to tell you this because I don't think a lot of people know. If you're an Audible member for like a couple months and then you cancel, you actually keep access to all your uh, downloads and your recordings. Yeah, you don't and, lose the And stuff you don't you lose them. You never lose them. So, it's very cool, and I'm actually enjoying it a lot, and I downloaded Phantom Canyon and listened to it, and I've downloaded some books. The credits they have are really good, and they have lots of fun deals and sales and things, and so... Um, yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't checked out Audible before. It's pretty cool. And if you have questions, let me know. And then leave us a review! Well, yes, and then leave us a review. That's really what we're getting at. The review. So thanks! From Silicon Valley, California, we have Marley Norton on the line. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you for stopping by and uh, virtually speaking and, and doing this. No problem. Um, we have questions from Pendulums, and I have some questions, and hopefully you have answers, or this becomes a very short, one-sided kind of thing. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm nervous about this questions thing. <laughs> I want to know what people ask. I should have like I should have like stuffed the stuffed the ballot box, you know. It occurs to me now I totally could have just like asked softball questions I already knew the answer to. <laughs> There's an idea that makes my job easier. Yeah, like, yeah, these yeah. questions. Wow. <laughs> I bet she knows all these. <laughs> well, oh, that question. Well, it seems it just so happens I have a ready answer here. <laughs> 
Now, now, that would be cheating. Um, you know, it would be finding a loophole. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we've never said that the person being interviewed can't submit questions. See? See? (laughs) I'm being creative. I'm not cheating. I'm thinking outside the box. I I tend to paraphrase the Matrix and say there is no box. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, I'm ready. Hit me. All right. So let's start at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. how did you uh, make your way or what got you to Pendant? How did you first get involved? Um, So I was um, just sort of generally getting into podcasts and, you know, had my first iPod and was looking for things to put on it and um, found one of the the Pendant shows and um, really enjoyed it and so started looking into it to see if there's any other shows and found the Pendant website and there it said, you know, and, you know, anyone anywhere in the entire world can audition for these shows as long as you have a microphone and a, and a computer. And I thought that makes no sense whatsoever. I did, I'd done some <laughs> acting before but it was all stage acting and stuff like that like how can you how can you play off of another person if the other person isn't there that just made no sense to me at all and Mm -hmm. being the sort of person i am um i figured the only way to really understand it was to participate so um i signed up for the mailing list and i started i i broke out my um trusty um karaoke revolution microphone and put a sock over the end for a pop filter and started (laughs) auditioning on it and um, I think my first role was Abby from um, from um, Once Upon a Time in Vegas. Ah, uh, yes, Vegas. Yes, yes, and that was that was a terrifying role to get because it was it's an old woman role, and um, there was a lot of um, um, roles for women in the initial audition. There was like I don't know, like eight of them or something like that, and I did Abby last. And part of the re- way I was able to get that crack, that um, roughness to my voice. Um, I realized later was because my voice was so tired because I'd been auditioning for like two hours <laughs> trying to get the takes just right. Nothing like and, fatigue um, to get you a voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I got my first script and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was freaking out. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to tell them I can't accept this role because I can't get that voice back. I did eventually figure it out. But yeah, I was, I was panicky for a while. Two hours and then I tried it. talking. I tried singing um, off-key very loudly. Um, I tried um, drinking milk. Um, I'm lactose intolerant. So making myself sick for the sake of the role, I tried that one. Um, Take but, one for the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out the best way to get my Abby voice was um, if I was slightly sick, <laughs> um, which didn't always, you know, coincide with times I was recording but it was funny because it actually became like this this thing with my circle of friends um whenever I started to get a bit of a frog in my throat I would say you know to my housemate you know man I wish I had some Abby lines to record because I'm, I'm I'm in perfect voice for it and um it got to the point where like even he would say you know when his voice when he started getting a cough he'd say man I wish I had some Abby lines to record <laughs> nice that was just a the saying throughout the apartment. So um, when I interviewed um, Renee, that's mm-hmm. what she referred to as um, her Kathleen Turner. Oh, yeah, yeah, I or can see that. Or if you go by Friends, um, Phoebe has, you know, the sexy voice that Phoebe does. That's when mm-hmm. she's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I know that voice. I know. 
So um, now Abby's role kind of becomes a dual role in the last, uh, what, like three or four episodes when we start flashback. I've, I've been listening to episodes of Dixie and maybe I'm talking about the flashy-backy episodes. So mm-hmm. there's a flashback, and so it's um, Abby, but from Eastern Europe. Yes. So how, what did you use to draw on that for the, for the accent? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very proud of that particular accent, but <laughs> I tried. Um, I did try valiantly. Um, it was funny, because I actually had to record that um, while I was at a conference in San Francisco, and um, Perry Whittle lives in the area, and we had a little pendulum meetup, um, Perry Whittle and I, and cool. um, um, Seth was there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? That might have been just just that group, um, that particular time. And I was telling him, um, you know, that I was trying to do this Russian, you know, Romanian kind of accent. And it was just not coming. It was turning out to be very, you know, (laughs) Bela Lugosi Dracula. And it was just not the right vibe. (laughs) And um, I asked um, Perry what he did for Dixie. Mm -hmm. um, And he said that he had um, some audio recordings of um, he was very interested in chess and he had some audio recordings of a Russian chess master explaining, you know, various chess um, chess strategies, <laughs> and that that's what he oh. used for his for his um, for his voice. And um, so he sent me one of them, and uh, <laughs> and that helped a bit. Um, so I did that one. And YouTube is actually a good source of um, people doing accents um, and teaching you how to do accents. So I can't remember if I used the if I had discovered YouTube at that point as a source for accents but um, that's what one of the things I tend to use after that huh, cool <laughs> that's cool yeah I yeah. had to do a German one for cooperantum which was funny because I actually used to live in Germany so you'd think I could do a really good German accent but nope there I was <laughs> speaking German I was not speaking English in a German accent it turns out that's very different <laughs> yeah yeah so um, hopefully we'll be hearing you um, as Abby again, because we kind of left things hanging back in the day when uh, the show went on hiatus. Yeah, the the script gets here. I'll record it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, so you've been in Vegas, which is one of our uh, earlier shows, as well as um, you had a small, not small, but um, you had a. Um, a supporting role in uh, Dixie. Small is a fine word for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I played Iris. Um, There was the five sisters. um, And that was a funny audition because they, um, the audition just came out um, for one take and they said they were going to be, you know, try different voices, you know, it's very open-ended, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to cast multiple roles from this audition, so I did, and I did a whole bunch of really kooky accents, and they picked the kookiest, um, which was this, this really swoopy voice, that, like, you know, it's really just this goofy character voice, and, um, um, so had fun playing with that, it was sort of my, my, my happy fun, you know, don't think too hard sort of role and then they start giving her depth which was totally not fair because I have the goofiest <laughs> voice and yeah. I couldn't be like you know sad or like commiserating or like 
it was really hard to lay our emotions on that particular voice. <laughs> yeah, I, and and like I said, I was just listening to um, the last season of Dixie recently, and it, of all the sisters, yours is the one sister that is the most understanding of uh, Lily's, um, how shall I say, um, unorthodox career choices. Mm-hmm. And the most accepting. So yeah, you ended up having a lot more depth than um, the other sisters of Lily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah was one of those things that was like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was playing a one-dimensional character here. <laughs> no fair, suddenly making her rounded. <laughs> yeah. They were they were good at giving uh, everybody a, just a little bit mm-hmm. more than a, a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was fun. I enjoyed her. And those listening, if you have not had a chance to listen to Dixie, go to the Pended website, go to iTunes, go to whatever you you download your stuff from, and go get Dixie right now. 50 episodes of extreme goodness. <laughs> um, and I've, I've made no... Um, I, I've not tried to hide how much I... I absolutely loved Genesis Avalon um, in in the interviews that I've done in the past but I have to tell you that the character of Z was probably one of my favorite characters in all the pendant shows oh Z was such fun (laughs) I outlived a lot for Z (laughs) how can I make her more snarky she just was the character that just put it all out there well it was funny because i got um i i i was cast as z and then um i turned in my first set of lines and cat wrote back and was like no (laughs) (laughs) these were (laughs) that's like you're playing her way too soft um that this is like a much more you know um i forget what 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 phrase she used but like yeah much more um like, I was, I was, I think I was playing her a little airheady at first, and she was like, "No, like serious punker goth, you know, mm-hmm. very sardonic, you know." I she ne- she has an edge to her, put an edge in, and so then I did another set of takes, and she was like, "Yes, that's what I'm looking for." So, um, Z then did I not w- tolerate pity parties. <laughs> no, no, not as such. And uh, let Jaina have it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those were fun. Um, I I did enjoy those lines. Um, I'm not sure how much of it got in, but um, um, let's see. How can I say this without being spoilery? Um, near the end, there is fighting. Okay, yes. fighting in Genesis Avalon. Here, yes, you're you're all shocked. I know. Um, <laughs> and um, so there is a scene at some point in the series in which Z is involved in fighting. Mm-hmm. which is really just not her shtick, and there's another bunch of people around her, too. And so I tossed in a bunch of ad-libs that were like, okay, here we go, um, fighting. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to stand in the back here. I, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing here, actually. <laughs> yeah, you had some of the, I don't, I don't know how much was ad-libbed and how much was Cat. And, and oh, Chris, who knows but... anymore? Um, yeah, your character just so well written and so well acted. It was just so much fun 
listening to to Z, especially when Z was spouting off. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And and really putting Jaina in her place when she needed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well done there. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed her. Did you know and and, and I think we're okay with spoilers because the show has been um, off the air since January. Oh, okay. Um, did you anticipate Z's death before you actually found out about it? Um, well, I, I, I actually wasn't expecting it. Um, Kat gave me a heads up ahead of time, so I did know it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I knew about it before some other people did, but, um, um, yeah, it was... Um, I didn't see it particularly foreshadowed or anything else. The thing that really surprised me was when she came back. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, after after they brought, you know, other characters back, um, yeah, major characters back, I was like, okay, well, I guess anybody could come back. But I really didn't expect. And then when I heard you, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now it's getting interesting. <laughs> yeah, The Return of Z really turns things on its head. Yeah, yeah, I thought the the prophet sort of um, the you know in retrospect that was actually a really nice trajectory because um, in the past she was you know when she was alive that was kind of her role as well not necessarily prophetic but sort of the okay and now I'm going to say the things you need to hear so you can keep going um, and sort of having that be her shtick in the afterlife too um, mm-hmm. except in a slightly more or more mystical sense um, I thought was was a really interesting sort of transition for her. And she was even snarky as a ghost. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All these stupid-ass rules about not being able to say what, you know, can I just tell her what's actually going on? Why can't I say what's actually going on? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of annoyed by that. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you wonder, was there some kind of orientation program? At, you know, after you die, here's the rules, and it will send you out so you can be your be the prophet, but you can't do anything. <laughs> And she was probably sitting in the back of the classroom with her legs like with her feet up on the desk, just like giving the teacher this stare, <laughs> arms crossed. It's right. Like, yeah, these are the rules I'll be breaking the second I get out. Because <laughs> this is dumb. Uh, before we wrap up uh, on Avalon, um, wanted to mention um, that you do. Um, you did walk away with a Pendy in 2011. Indeed, you had to remind me of that. <laughs> I had forgotten. <laughs> uh, best Supporting Actor in Genesis yes, Avalon. Yes. Thank you to all. Woo-hoo. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any particular scene that stands out in Avalon? Um, let's see. Probably the one um, where she... <laughs> The one where she's chewing out Jaina, as if there were only one where she's chewing out Jaina. But there's one in particular um, where, and I think this part was mostly an ad lib. You know, of course, Kat wrote this wonderful um, monologue for for Z, and then I ended up like changing half of it in that way that I do. Um, to be fair, I do record it as written, at least two takes, like a good mm-hmm. little girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I do, and then I do other rocky stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is this one where. Um, it ends with, you know, I think you've forgotten how our relationship works. Oh, <laughs> you know, <yeah>. I, you know, <laughs> you know, 
you know, you are the superhero. You go out and you kick ass um, and save the world. I apply the verbal sledgehammer to your brain <laughs> and then stomp off to Billy's to get a drink, which I will now do. You are dismissed or something like that. I forget exactly how I put it. But... I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That one was just fun. So I recorded that like 12 times too. Cause like I wanted to get it just so. So when you're chewing out Jaina, are, mm-hmm. what are you using to, uh, to motivate you there? Especially when you're doing your ad libs. Oh, what's my motivation? Um, Anybody in particular? <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing like that. It's um, Z. Um, I mean, that was pretty meta, I have to admit. <laughs> there is a little bit of lampshading going on there. So the mm. fact that she was sort of critiquing the, the narrative structure of the story as part of her relationship <laughs> critique as well was kind of fun. Um, I think I might have still been editing at that time, too. So, mm. um, so some of that might have gotten in. Mm. But yeah, nothing in particular. It's just, um, yeah, Z was always, you know, how can I make this snarkier? <laughs> how can I pad my one line out into six? <laughs> actors got to do what an actor's got to do, right? Yeah, no kidding. And she always had the choice not to take my takes. <laughs> always recorded as written. Mm-hmm. You were also in another little show called The Line. Indeed. This was intense. It was. It was. Um, Chris Britton had actually um, told me that he was really looking forward to my auditioning, and um, and then I and then I heard about what some of the content of the show was going to be, and I'm actually um, very uncomfortable playing um, sex scenes um, in audio shows. It's just something really embarrassing about making those noises into a microphone. Um, and then having them broadcast throughout the universe. Um, I can understand so, that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like a reasonable kind of perspective to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, and since Chris had particularly asked me to audition, um, you know, I was going to just quietly not audition, but then he had like sort of made a point of it. And so I'm like, you know, dude, I, you know, I'm. this is not me judging, you know, your content or, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, navigate what I am personally comfortable with and I don't want to commit to a role that I can't um, that we're then going to have some problems with because I'm <laughs> I'm too taken aback to actually voice what you need voiced sure. um, and um, he said he was very gracious about it he's like I totally understand um, these are the three roles that you know yep you know I can just tell you out front that's not going to come up um, so you know you should be good for any of these three things and um yeah, so that was um, I think the demon Cecile, and I forget who the who the third character was, but um, yeah, then I ended up auditioning for I auditioned for all three of them mm-hmm. and um, ended up getting Cecile. So you were uh, mom. I was mom. It was kind of funny because um, the savior. <laughs> yeah, the mother of the savior. Um, she's supposed to be Haitian, um, and I actually had no idea really what a Haitian accent sounded like but um at the time my housemate was um um his father was Egyptian and his mother was Peruvian and they had been staying with us and so um there had been lots of you know oh Marlisita um, <laughs> as you know they were visiting she's you know sort of this very effusive warm um Peruvian woman she's a lovely person and um mm. So I auditioned with basically me trying to, you know, I just really went for, you know, trying to emulate 
not just her way of speaking, but also sort of the warmth she had in her voice, mm -hmm. um, trying to put that in. And so that was my audition, and um, apparently they liked it. Cool, cool. Um, now with the line, you actually kind of take on, and something I had said with Pete, your character actually is more like two characters. Because there's, you know, the, the mom role, and then when the proverbial poo hits the proverbial fan, mm -hmm. you kind of become this other, there's another side to Cecile. Um, I'm having trouble remembering the intricacies. Um, was she actually, well, and also this is one of those things where we're, we're allowed to, to speak spoilers, I'm assuming? Uh, for a show that's been off the air for a few years, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I forget, because I remember at one point there is a turning point in which she... She and Paul both, I think, the husband, yes. um, there's an implication that um, they've been kind of playing along. Um, or I, I can't remember now. Is it that she regains her sensibilities or that she's been faking it the whole time to try and protect her family? Um, you know, I don't recall if that's even um, addressed. But, you know, C Cecile and um, her husband both kind of go dark and it's Cecile that kind of comes out of it first it seems mm -hmm. okay um, but I don't remember if it was um, something that Cecile was faking or if it was just oh wait that's my daughter uh-uh <laughs> yeah yeah kind of she always had that maybe a strong connection to family was one of her mm -hmm. one, of, one of the cornerstones of her character I always felt mm-hmm yeah, I don't remember either. You're the worst interviewers ever. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about this for a while. All right, uh, so at the time of our conversation, yes, there was an episode of Tabula Rasa mm -hmm. for which you were in <laughs> the promo. Indeed. And we haven't heard you yet. <laughs> Should we, should we make Anna feel bad? No, 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 no. These things happen. <laughs> These things happen. The, re the, the reason I am joking for the listeners at home is because I was actually scheduled to be in the last episode, except my lines got cut. <laughs> it's okay. It was just a throwaway introduction, but <laughs> it was kind of funny. And because we are not exactly sure when this is going to air, we're talking about mm -hmm. episode five of season two right so right. when this airs episode six may have already been released yes or it was released or it's about to be released or something like that i hate temporal mechanics and <laughs> um timey wimey man timey wimey yeah um you're probably in that episode um, here, I've got my computer open for me. Let's see if I recorded lines for it. That's usually telling of whether I'm going to be in something or not. You may be coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Da -da -da. Yep. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You get me for the rest of the season. There you go. Excellent. So you are a character that can you say anything about? Um... <laughs> It's the interesting thing about being in Tabula Rasa is that you can record many episodes and still not quite understand what your character is doing. <laughs> it's the nature of the flashback system. Gotcha. Um, so um, the more astute listeners may in fact understand more about my character than I do. I actually need, 
Jack, I actually realized this as I recorded the final episode, and Jack was like, oh, you should have said something. I could have told you all about her. It's like, you know, that would have made sense. <laughs> I should have done that at the beginning of taking this role, not at the end. Uh, but yeah, um, the she, she might be back for future seasons, in which case um, I will actually sit down and bother to learn my character. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but... Um, the character's name is Wilson. Um, she is a computery type hacker person. Right. And um, the the funny thing about having a character that you haven't had the episodes come out for yet is um, one of the things I try and do is I try and do um, a range of different takes. And you know, usually I'm skewing the characters and in, in slightly different directions. Mm-hmm. And um, then I wait to hear what what takes the director uses and then I know, oh okay that, that that director like these kinds of takes I will give I will give more of those sorts of um, characterizations mm-hmm. um, and then it'll get a lot faster as well because then I you know sort of get the feel for how the character fits into the into the show um, I did kind of an extreme version of that with um, Wilson in that I had um, you know I had I she was always kind of snarky but I also did this um, um, so I I actually work with a bunch of um, computer programmers and stuff like that, and um, there's this property that I find very common in, you know, really intelligent computer professionals where, you know, it's almost autism spectrum where you get, you know, this um, intensity of speech, um, almost like your brain is working really quickly and um, your mouth is sort of the bottleneck and you're getting frustrated because you can't communicate what's in your head as well as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes a little bit of a stutter, a, um, a stutter in that, a little bit of stimming. Um, and um, so tried to put some of that into her voice. And, um, of course, since I haven't heard any of the episodes, I don't know if they took those takes or if they took the more, you know, the more um, something closer to my natural voice. So... Um, <laughs> It's like, is this even coming across, or do people just think that, like, you know, I'm not enunciating for no particularly good reason? <laughs> What's wrong with that woman? Can't she speak properly? I don't know. Well, so we'll have to see how that goes. Yep, we we will know soon-ish. Mm-hmm. And now, um, shifting gears a little bit. Just a touch. Just a touch. Um, Pendant Shakespeare. Pendant Shakespeare. <laughs> Wild Bill Variety Show. Indeed. <laughs> and we now have you in Twelfth Night. Yes. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Indeed, I can. Um, I, I wasn't sure if you were do- if you were done with your intro yet. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I am in Twelfth Night. I play three characters in Twelfth Night. I play, well, two characters. Depends on how you want to divide them up, really. I play Viola. I play Viola playing Cesario. And I play Sebastian. Um, it's... <laughs> It's kind of funny. Um, I wasn't actually planning on auditioning for the show. Um, I was, um, the auditions came out just as I was flying across country like three times in two weeks for all these really crazy um, interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And I got this, um, you know, one in California, one in Michigan, one in, um, where was the third one? Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back to Boston. It was the world's most insane week. And, um, <laughs> I um, get this email from um, Colin saying, would you please audition for Twelfth Night? And I am a raging sucker, so even though I didn't really have time, <laughs> I, um, I made some time while I was in California. Um, 
I was staying with some friends who have two-year-old twin toddlers. <laughs> so, and I didn't have my microphone with me. So I um, recorded the audition just with my internal mic, like in a brief amount of time when the, the family was out for a couple of hours. <laughs> And there's like all this traffic going on outside. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm traveling. This is the best I can do. Colin can vouch for me that I actually have a much better rig at home. But here's what I've got for you. Um, and recorded the audition and um, thought, okay, yeah, that was that was terrible. There's no way that I could possibly be cast in that. And I don't really have time for it anyway. So it's probably just as well. You know, maybe they'll give me a throwaway part, but then we won't worry about it. And then I get cast as Viola which I think everyone knew before I did, because at that point, um, by the time the, the script came out, um, I had gotten the job in California and um, was organizing my cross-country move. Um, and I think the script came out while the movers were at my house in Boston, and I didn't actually get it, you know, didn't check my email for a couple of days later, and was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I got this... Viola, I, I auditioned for something. What happened? <laughs> okay. What was my audition? And of course, I saved my audition so I can remember what the voice was I auditioned with. And I, and that was the one where I auditioned with this completely ridiculous Cesario voice. Um, so so the Viola takes um, were very similar to my, to my um, natural speaking voice. Um, a little sweeter, um, a little more articulate, but it was basically my voice. And then... Um, as um so the plot of twelfth night um one of the plots is viola is um is shipwrecked she thinks her brother is dead um and um because it is not good to be a woman alone in the world she pretends to be a man alone in the world so she impersonates cesario and um usually on the stage this is represented by you know changing the actor's clothing um but we can't do that on audio so you have to change the actor's voice mm -hmm. and um so i was I, I knew it was sort of taking place in the um, in the early 1900s, you know, um, and um, <laughs> was trying to think in terms of okay, so Viola, she's she's trying to pretend to be a guy. Um, we it sounds like she's kind of smart, but probably has no experience actually impersonating men. So, <laughs> what does she do? Um, she probably is overcompensating. She's like <laughs> trying to think of what it means to be like. She's trying to think of being male in the most cliche way possible and trying to do that. So what that what that ended up being for the audition was um, this sort of Jersey Shore, Fonzie, mobster kind of <laughs> accent, um, which, let me tell you, was also very um, was also very liberating to do that voice, playing someone playing that voice who isn't necessarily very good at it, because then if I've screwed up, screwed up the accent, I can pretend it's a character choice. There oh, well, Viola's not very good at that accent either. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thing? it was really the most ridiculous voice I could have imagined, and then I got the role doing that voice, which was kind of insane. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So w one person asked if there was anything in particular that inspired your your voice for Cesario. Um, was there any? You, you talked about Fonzie and Jersey Shore. Was there anything that you were kind of gravitating towards specifically that you were using, or was it just all the kind of stereotype of you know what we know of the twenties and? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Um... The one I, yeah, it was, it was that kind of, um, 
Yeah, gangster kind of voice. Um, but Fonzie, I actually did look up some Fonzie takes. Um, I actually practiced the A. Kind of <laughs> and it's funny because Shakespeare actually has some A's in there. Um, he, he will occasionally. It, it's really funny because I, you know, I, I started trying to do this voice and I wasn't really sure how well it would work with Shakespeare. But it turns out it actually works really well because like... Um, he does, in fact, have some A's and O's and A's and stuff like that, which, you know, in in formal Shakespeare would be, oh, ah, but here you can go, A. So, <laughs> sort of so did you have your thumbs up when you went A? <laughs> a. And, um, yeah, the other thing they say a lot is lady, um, which um, is just another one of those keywords that I could always just sort of sit on that word, lady, <laughs> sort of, where it's supposed to be this sort of form of um of, of formal address, respectful address, but you could just be like, hey, lady. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then um, on top of that, um, I didn't know for a couple of scripts in that I was also playing Sebastian that actually wasn't in the audition. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. It was sort of like, what? Because <laughs> I hadn't prepared a third voice. And... Um, while Cesario, of course, could be very comic and goofy because you've got this woman playing Cesario and she isn't necessarily very good at it. And it's a it's a comedy anyway, mm-hmm. um, Twelfth Night, so you might as well, you know, camp it up a little. And um, <clears throat> But Sebastian, you know, is actually supposed to be believably male. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm not sure I can reasonably do that with my voice. So, um, And also, had I realized it at the beginning, I probably would have reserved more of my lower register for... Sebastian um, and kept Cesario a little higher, um, but so it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sebastian, I mostly did by trying to keep my voice low, and um, mostly he's bitter. If you actually read his character, like most of his lines are about how much he hates life and how pissed he is that his sister died, and you know he's got his his world, the world's most loyal friend there, but he's kind of like uh, mad at the world, mad at the world. <laughs> Yeah, you're being very nice, so I'm trying not to take it out on you, but mad at the world! So. <laughs> well, you've got your work cut out for you for uh, Twelfth Night. Oh, no, no, that's in the can, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all my bits. I sit back and rest on my laurels from here on out. <laughs> so, um, it's all the director's job. Yeah. Um, and I believe next up is, I think, Julius Caesar. And there were forty roles they were casting for. Did you uh, did you take a shot at Julius Caesar? I did not. Okay. <laughs> I am actually not a huge fan of Shakespeare. I only auditioned for Twelfth Night because Colin asked me to. <laughs> and as was mentioned, I am a raging sucker. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't ask me to audition for Julius Caesar, so you know, I got I got a pass on that one. There you go. Are you involved in any other projects? Um, you know, would you like to promote hmm, that you've got um, going on outside of Pendant, maybe? Yeah, I've got a bunch of old stuff. Um, one of the shows that I'm... Um, you know what role we didn't talk about? Oh, my God. We didn't talk about um, Carla Marley. Red Sands Investigation. Oh, yeah. Holy crow. We cannot end the interview no, without no, no. talking I... about Carla Marley. <laughs> Let's bring it back. <laughs> so then there's Red Sands. Oh yeah, Red Sands. What about that, you know? <laughs> oh, Carla Marley. That was one of my favorite roles of all time, man. I loved that one. And why did you love it so much? 
Oh, um, oh, she was just fun. Um, the the script was really smart. Um, I actually got a preview of the script because I was um, I was an editor at Pendant at the time, and I was um, um, and that was one of the scripts I was assigned to. Um, so I was helping <laughs> I was helping Fiona out with her Americanisms. Um, <laughs> Because um, most of the characters are British, but um, yeah, the the lead character Carla is um, is American. So occasionally she'd have this turn of phrase, or um, and it was also good because sometimes her um, sometimes the the British turn of phrase, even if it was for a character that was um, applicable, it was sort of like I I'm sorry, I really just don't understand what we're talking about. Um, I remember one of them that really threw me was um, a hen party. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany shows up and she's just come from a hen party and um, is talking about having angel wings. And I was like, okay, you just lost me here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Does she actually have angel wings or is this an expression? <laughs> physical? There are physical angel wings coming off. Why does she have angel wings I mean, I coming off? I thought that was that? the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, there you go. But um, yeah, as it turns out, she's actually appearing to to Carla, who is American. So I think the way um, Fiona ended up revising the script was Carla was also confused. Um, <laughs> so why do you look like that? And um, <laughs> then they were, um, and then you know the character of Tiffany explained it. So um, so yeah, I was really excited about the role in general um, and the the show in general. Um, it was just terribly clever and you know a really interesting detective story and I really like the environment um this sort of seedy seaside you know British town I thought was just really atmospheric and cool and um I thought the the mixing and the sound effects and stuff like that 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 Fiona did on it were fantastic but I fell in love with it from the scripts and then the auditions came out and um I really wanted the role (laughs) (laughs) but but I auditioned with everybody else and it was funny because I auditioned first in my sort of my regular voice. Um, or I no, I did the audition, and then um, I had just gotten a new microphone. And um, at the end of my audition, I um, just sort of started talking in my normal voice and said, you know, hey Fiona, do you mind? Um, <laughs> I'm playing with some microphone settings, and I need a second pair of ears. So like, so here's me with setting one, and here's setting two, and here's setting three. So can you just email me back and say which one sounds right, <laughs> sounds best? Um, you know, and here's me with a blanket over my head, and here's me without the blanket over my head because I had a very echoey living room at that point. Um, and um, apparently, and she's told me since that. Um, just sort of talking to her in this sort of offhand way um, was part of what sold her on um, my my getting the role. Um, there was just sort of a, how'd she put it, there was a frankness to the way I was speaking um, that she really liked for that character. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really funny, and I was so delighted when I got the role. And um, yeah, her name was Carla Marley, and I, my name is Marley, and then Tiffany Bradford got the role of Tiffany. <laughs> And right. Fiona swears that this had nothing to do with anything, but that's how it went. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So that was a um, a mini-series of sorts. Yes, four episodes. Four episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, you got to work with Pete Moylan again. <laughs> again, again. He was he was sort of the waiting for Godot character. He shows up in the, the, the Fortinbras character, for those of you who listen to the Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> he's like the last character to be introduced. I think he's got like five lines in the very last episode, something like that. <laughs> but yes, an oldie but goodie. Go listen to Red Sands. 
Definitely. So um, now do you want to talk about other stuff that you're doing? Well, now that we've said this, mm-hmm. um, we haven't talked about seminar. Do you want to talk about that? Um, sure. That's the writing stuff. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is your interview. I can talk <laughs> about anything or nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's all good. Um, so let's talk seminar then. Um, seminar. Yeah. Um, okay. What did Since... you write for seminar? Yeah, since I sprang this on you, I suppose I should take the lead in this bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I had two scripts that um, all off got, the cuff, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that um, got produced for a seminar. Um, one was the first one was called Tea and Terrorism, um, oh, which yes. is about which is about the ladies who secretly run the world um, and the tea party oh, that they have. Are we going to um, get a sequel? Um, no, no, oh, no that sorry. That has got to be by far one of my favorite seminar episodes. It's, I listen to it now and it's like really dated. <laughs> it kind of bugs me. I actually started, um, um, I actually started the sequel. I bowed to peer pressure a little bit and, um, had this sequel where, um, the mad scientist character, um, Lady Grey, um, there are signs that, um, um, it turns out that the ladies have a pact um, where Lady Grey is, um, there are certain terms under which <laughs> Lady Grey can experiment on the human population and she has gone outside those bounds. And so um, the other women are like ready to abandon, abandon the planet and one's like in her rocket ship to the <laughs> to her secret moon base and the other's going to her like um, her underwater, you know, um, bunker and um, the talker, which one's the talker? Um, that was Kim Giannopoulos' character. Sencho? Was that her name? I forget. Um, yeah, she's the one to basically who has to go talk down Lady Grey from destroying the world. <laughs> and yeah, and I got all the... What's from being produced? <laughs> um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure exactly what she said. Because, <laughs> yeah, making that, um, getting that conversation just right was um, was a little tricky. And then I wasn't very happy with it, and then I, you know, got distracted by shiny objects, so. Oh, shiny objects, yes. Shiny objects like moments, so you can't be too mad at me. I'm still proud of that script. I remember that. Moment? Yeah, the, the um, um, pollution and smoking and Shakespeare is that script. Mm-hmm. My scripts tend to involve, like, three random nouns being put together, and then, you know, I read a story about it. Tea and terrorism, Shakespeare and pollution. <laughs> so, um, any more seminar stuff? No, nope, those are the two. Um, oh, in the works. Um, no, I'm. Um, there's a script I have promised to M. Sierra Garcia, um, but it's not a pendant script. It's um, she and I are going to do an open mic session sometime. We 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 already have a date to do this open mic um, sometime next year. And I promise I will write an original script for us to perform at it. Cool. So. And is that going to be for seminar or is that going to be elsewhere? It's going to be live, baby. Oh, it's going to be live. We're going to be standing in front of people, doing it with our mouths. Right there at the microphone. Hand waving at everything. (laughs) Are you going to record this? Um, we probably should. Yes, <laughs> yes, you should. That wasn't, that wasn't the original goal, but 
<laughs> since we're gonna have we're gonna do this anyway we should probably to throw be mic- video it needs to be posted there's gonna be microphones anyway we might as well hook them up to a recording device it's kind of true <laughs> there needs to be video recording because there's gonna be hand waving yeah yeah so um, i hear yeah and it needs to be posted somewhere where we all can see it okay okay message received i'll see what i can do <laughs> still have to write the damn thing though but I have an outline in my head. I just need to like actually type the characters into a word processor. There you go. Mm-hmm. Any other projects you've got going on? Um, let's see, new stuff. Um, I was doing some stuff with Cooperantum for a while, but they seem to be on hiatus. Um, but yeah, they had a. I have a recurring role in their show Vengeance, and um, I was one of the characters in Tick and Talker, um, mm-hmm. which was the horror show they did. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I haven't been, <laughs> I moved to California and started a new job, so I haven't been doing a lot of new stuff lately. Um, some of the old stuff I'm really proud of was, um, that's still out there. There's, um, The Mask of Anana is really fantastic. And, um, there's a couple of live shows I did that I'm not sure that you can actually hear, um, because I think there were some issues with the recording equipment. There were malfunctions at the time, but one of them was um, Sirens of War, um, which is one of these plays that you can't think could possibly work, but actually did. But it's um, World War II riverboat captains on the Mississippi River beset by sirens, and um, it involves a singing duel, which I sing in one half of the singing duel. And it sounds really terrible, but it's actually really good. <laughs> so um, you sing. Um, I sang for that. Um, <laughs> my character was under duress, so it's um, it was mostly about singing with enthusiasm and terror. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so there was that one, and then um, I got to what's the rats show? Um, Three Skeleton Key. Um, so if you are a connoisseur of old timey radio. Um, the most, the second most famous radio show is Three Skeleton Key, except no one ever remembers what the name of it is. It's um, people just remember it as the show with the rats, um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's an old um, Vincent Price um, um, play um, wow. where I actually got to play the Vincent Price role, which was kind of awesome. It's about these three people um, who are lighthouse keepers, and a derelict ship crashes on on shore, and these giant murderous these these murderous rats sort of spill out onto the ship and they cover up the lighthouse and so they're trying to keep them out and it's this really awesome suspense story wow yeah yeah that one was super fun the rat sound effects were awesome (laughs) our um our foley team um these were done live so our foley team actually put on um um, makeup whiskers (laughs) when they when they got up there to do them (laughs) very cool Mm-hmm. Any other projects? Um, those are the ones that are coming to mind right now. I'm probably forgetting a million, but okay. Yeah. What What should I be auditioning for? There you go. What pro- What should I be doing? I will turn it around to you. Uh. The far off day. I have free time again, because my startup has exploded or whatever happens with that. <laughs> <laughs> In the event I become independently wealthy. Yes. Um, yes. Always good to think of these situations. Yes. Um. Well, there, as we record this, um, mm-hmm. there there are no open casting calls right now. Okay. Um, I think the last one to close off was um, 
Julius Caesar. Okay. Which had something like 40 rolls to it. Um, so <laughs> or, Joe, poor Joe, director for that. <laughs> yeah. 40 rolls. Oh, my God. Um, so I don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure um, maybe Jeffrey and Susan will have something in the um, main part of TWIP. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe Henderson and Habner will have something that's got to be coming back at some point. Sorry, which one? Henderson and Habner. This one I don't know. What is this? Oh, our um, short short. Oh wait, comedy. Em told me about this. Yeah, this is the old um, right. Her her journalistic shoe loving character. Yes, Bobby. Hunt. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, maybe Jeffrey and Susan will, will enlighten folks on upcoming casting calls. Okay. Can people find you in social media? They can indeed. Um, and how do they do I, Yeah, so I, I do the Twitters. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't do the Twitters much, but I am on the Twitters. Um um, and if you message me, I usually reply. Um, so that's just my first name, Marley, M-A-R-L-E-I-G-H. Okay. Uh, now, I have to ask, because I've wondered this since I started following you. What, mm-hmm. what is the picture? Oh, the picture. Is that the one where I've got, like, weird electronics on my head? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So that was my grad school um, thesis project, basically, my master's project. Um, so that is basically – so Google Glass, you've heard of this? Yes. Back when I was in grad school, back in my day, um, <laughs> doing that sort of technology um, involved a really complicated headset and a whole backpack worth of electronics. And um, yeah, so I was doing augmented reality before it was cool. Um, <laughs> there you go. And um, you are a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah. So um, as part of a um, as part of my final presentation for, um, I actually made a video game, an augmented reality video game. Um, they use that system with and as part of my master's presentation um, I took a bunch of pictures of myself you know modeling the equipment because that's part of the thing it's like and this takes, you know this takes two computers and you know a, a head mounted display with you know um, fiducial based tracking and blah 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 um, so you know you have to have your your pictures for your slides so that right. you can powerpoint your your life away right. and um, um, yeah, so that was one of the pictures I took, um, and I thought it was really fun, so I tend to use it on some of my, my social media thingies. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And are you on Facebook, Instagram, all um, those ones? Yeah, yeah, I am on Facebook. Um, usually I like to have at least spoken with the person I friend on Facebook. Facebook, um, Twitter, mm-hmm. Twitter, I am much more open about Facebook. I occasionally say things on, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would like to at least know who you are if you are to friend me. There you go. Well, if people want to find me, they can find me on Twitter uh, at JG underscore QA or on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com uh, slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot five zero three six. And I've pretty much given up on ever changing that name. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they assigned me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Marley, thank you again for taking the time to do this. Oh, no worries. It was fun. It was a blast for me. Mm-hmm. And we will send this back to Jeffrey and Susan. 
Okay, great. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, July 9th, Season 7, Episode 3 of The Kingery. Next time on The Kingery. You know, I was awful ambivalent about this whole thing. I, I never needed the wealth, the power, or all that nonsense. Yeah, but... But, oh, damn, I miss getting laid on the regular. Mm-mm-mm-mm, no. I left the body over here. What's behind this dumpster? It was right here. It was right here! Well, it ain't there now. I think you've been under a lot of pressure, and you're trying to drown it under a ton of booze. Are you using anything else? No. Okay, a little heaven. Not a lot, just enough to take the edge off. It looks like you're stalling. You're not stalling, are you, Proc? No, Miss Arkell. It's very important that we all pay attention to the sect peppermint. Do you need another object lesson, Proc? Hmm? Do I need to take another tasty tentacle off you? Maybe this time I'll grab one from your daughter. Think that might focus your thinking? Only at PendantAudio.com Eat your pancakes! Coming out Wednesday, July 16th, 12th night, Act 3 of The Pendant Shakespeare. Art not thou the Lady Olivia's fool? No, indeed, sir. The Lady Olivia has no folly. She will keep no fool, sir, till she be married. And fools are as like husbands as pilchards are to herrings. The husband's the bigger. <laughs> I am indeed not her fool, but her corrupter of words. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare... Give me your hand, sir. My duty, madam, and most humble service. Cesario, by the roses of the spring, by maidenhood, honor, truth, and everything, I love thee so, that maugre all thy pride, nor wit, nor reason can my passion hide. Do not extort thy reasons from this clause, for that I woo. Thou therefore hast no cause, but rather reason thus with reason fetter. Love sought is good. But given unsought, better. No, faith, I'll not stay a jot longer. Thy reason, dear Venom, give thy reason. You must needs yield your reason, Sir Andrew. Mary, I saw your niece do more favors to the Count's serving man than ever she bestowed upon me. Will either of you bear me a challenge to him? The stakes are raised when Twelfth Night, Act 3, premieres on July 16th, 2014. Pray God defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I... A lack of a man. Only at PendantAudio.com La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! <laughs> Alright, that's all the twip you're getting for July. Can you even believe that? What? We just got the two releases this month, but then we'll be back with more releases in August. And so, you will hear us again in early August, and that's when Twip will return for your listening pleasures. Okay. Listening pleasure. Ooh. Oh, it'll please you. Uh, what's it gonna do to me?
This doesn't sound good. Anything you want. I don't. I don't think it is actually. <laughs> Might be overstating. Just, just saying. Be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendantaudio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendantweb, and the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here next month! This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening! I don't know why I always say that weird. I'm kind of annoying, huh? Sometimes the same. Whoa. It's like life, man. <laughs>